0: Hello and welcome once again to episode 63 of Code Completion. It's currently the holidays, so we' uh, f- we have been recording a few episodes in advance that way uh, we have something to put out there over the holidays. Um, and as of this episode's being released, uh, it is now 2022. And once again, my name is Dimitri and I'm joined today by Spencer. Hey there. So, uh, since it is 2022, uh, we figured what, like, it's as early in the year as we're going to ever release an episode. Uh, so, this is our chance to put out into the world our expectations for the year uh, and our hopes and dreams for what we look forward to coming out. Yeah. Uh, I
1: think for me, uh, a big thing that I am interested to kind of see is just more of the development of Swift, and that's super broad. But what I mean by that, I guess, is, um, for example, Swift 5 was a pretty big change. It it kind of had some some large overarching changes like ABI stability and kind of uh, some more foundational changes that have been really nice. So I'm interested to see kind of what Swift 6 will bring, assuming it comes out in 2022, and just kind of um, I'm, I'm loving the, the place that we're at and getting to in kind of the Swift evolution process of it really being a more, uh, mature language and kind of mm-hmm. finalized in a sense where, uh, objective C hasn't really changed in a long time. I, what is it objective C 2.0 right now where it kind of added Swift interop and that's kind of the latest change.
0: I think that's the public version. I'm I'm going to spaz now, and our listeners will remember that we had an episode where uh, we uh, had a compiler error with the true version of Objective-C, and it's either 4 oh. or 6. I don't remember. Uh, <laughs> this is where memory starts to fail me. Um, but yeah, so Objective-C has improved over the years, and every compiler version does bring improvements to Objective-C okay. as well. Um, so it's not like it's just left there at the wayside uh but i totally agree with you like swift is going in fun and exciting new places Absolutely. i don't know if we'll hit 6.0 uh this year because if i remember correctly they have quite a few steps to go in terms of bringing swift um up with uh more concurrency features mm. until 6 so that way the transition to six will not be an abrupt one with like a ton of new stuff that hasn't okay. been like battle tested. Um, so they want to impr- get those concurrency features into Swift uh five, whatever like the dot one dot is, and then in Swift six, they can go ahead and hard deprecate a lot of the stuff that did not work if that makes sense.
1: Absolutely, yeah, that that totally makes sense. And while we're on the topic of Swift, before we move on. That's one of my resolutions because I've definitely put it off Mm -hmm. is to actually learn some of the Swift concurrency stuff that's come out like Async 08. I just haven't touched it. I haven't needed it for work. And honestly, I haven't done a lot of like on the side just for fun development to kind of uh, polish up and learn new skills. So that's on my uh, that's kind of on my um, my agenda for sure. And maybe along with that actually getting to learning more of Combine as well, because that's something that I've barely, barely scratched the surface of as well. So, um, yeah, that's my I, I, resolution.
0: I, I'm worried about, like, jumping into Combine, because I feel like every year it gets less and less relevant. It's kind uh, of true. It's weird. In, huh? in a way, um, especially with, like, so with concurrency coming in. Like, yeah, I don't know if Combine has concurrency stuff that, like, fit into it or not or if it's always gonna stay like a separate thing um, it's going to be interesting to see where it goes it's not super necessary which is a neat thing about a lot of these frameworks is they are mm-hmm. additive rather than uh, requirements um, so we can just like I waited five years for Swift to evolve into a place where it was some something that I could use then like there's no reason to necessarily jump headfirst into, a lot of these technologies unless you're interested in it so opposite to spencer i like dove head straight into a lot of the concurrency stuff especially the complicated concurrency stuff with the sequences (laughs) and stuff um and i learned a ton by just reading the swift open open source code uh to see how they were doing stuff um and it's been really fascinating so uh spencer i can say ahead of time it will ruin you uh so the next time you have to write Um, a method in like a new API endpoint in Vapor try doing it with the async await stuff Yep. and promptly be ruined because it will like linearize the entire chain of events that futures generally force upon you and you no longer need to think carefully about if you'll need this value uh, five -hmm. chains (laughs) later and then you need to like (laughs) think about passing it in the tuple every single time or the tuple, tuple. Uh, I always get that wrong. Um, but yeah, like, that whole mental conundrum, which, yeah. like, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. Uh, you don't need to think about it anymore because it's just a variable in scope uh, at that point, which is, like, super, super neat. Um, yeah. So, yeah. The ne- trust me. The next method you need to write in Vapor, just go ahead and use the async white stuff because Vapor All supports right. it now. Um, yeah. And... Uh, it's fine if that's the only thing that needs to use it, um, but it will it will be game changing.
1: I think that's why I'm, I, I, like I, I'm saying, I'm so excited about it. Yet I haven't touched it. Mm-hmm. Is for vapor specifically. Like I don't really write much async code at work, so that's not a huge deal. But yeah, dealing with futures and promises and kind of stripping that out is going to be amazing. So. Um that's, that's my resolution. Hold me to it, uh, both Dimitri and the listeners, because I, I really do want to learn it. And I, next time I, I uh, write an endpoint, I'll do it in, with async await and be ruined forever and then promptly rewrite the entire API uh, to all use <laughs> async await, which honestly, probably not a bad idea.
0: So mm-hmm. I mean, the for those that do kind of follow along with the Swift evolution stuff, especially on the server. Um, basically, even though the async await stuff is a tad less performant than just using like raw features and promises uh, from Neo, uh, the suggestion from basically everyone that's maintaining server stuff at the moment is just jump on the async await bandwagon uh, yeah. right now. Don't keep using um, the Neo stuff because it's only going to get better from this point forward, in automatic ways. So if you are using the async await stuff from now, you can now get compiler uh, warnings if you're doing it wrong, which you don't get with That's the so cool. futures and oh. promises and stuff like that. So um, although those warnings are not on by default for good reason, because they're not ready yet, um, you can get a lot of help uh, if you do turn them on and you can learn about like where your thought process was kind of falling apart. Uh, previously, you can make use of Actors, which are like automatic locking objects um, with all of this, and it will just all work. Um, So the suggestion is to kind of go all in. Um, In terms of like how much better is it than your old code, um, I am currently kind of migrating in my professional um, work, a lot of encryption code over from Objective-C to Swift. um, And I shared... Uh, some of the improvements that I was able to get um, along with the help of a lot of the open source libraries that I made like a lot of the code kind of moved into that but those are very general purpose and the actual encryption code went from I don't remember it was like a thousand or two thousand lines to get everything working in the way that it was supposed to work because I needed to buffer things and keep track of state and know where I was previously and then be wait for new data to come in like it was a it was a streaming uh decryptor all of that turned into just 100 lines of code that is super linear um like very straightforward it's like hey i need a four byte int to know how many bytes to read done uh await that um and then once that's ready the code will continue to the next step uh, and it will do this next piece and then once all of that is done it will just return that decrypted block and then it will just restart on the next one waiting for it to come in. Um, so uh, all of that is like now possible in a really readable way. Um, not all of it is built into the system. Like I needed to use some helper libraries which I built just for that purpose. Uh, and I don't want this episode to become like an Async way episode because that's not what its goal is. But... Um, uh, I'll link to them in the show notes, uh, but it is really nice to be able to use these higher level concepts now in a context where it will be compiled down to super optimal code. Um, and, uh, that I am like super thankful for. So
1: definitely. So what about you? What are, what are some like expectations or,
0: um, goals that you have? Uh, so expectations, I am super duper extra looking forward to uh, the next generation of Pro Max that Apple will come out with because we have seen the tip of the iceberg, uh, which may be two or four times faster than it is. Um, So I am super excited to see what the M1 Max Duo or M1 Max Quadro, whatever they're going to call these things. Um, I really want to look uh to see like what those things are capable of and if an i if like an imac pro comes out that has just the same m1 max in it i like that's neat i guess but i'm kind of uninterested uh because i have that exact same setup performance wise in a laptop form factor and i'm happy with that but if something comes out with like two m1 max chips or four m1 max chips and there's a lot more ram i will be very heavily tempted um not that I'm like needing RAM at the moment, but more RAM is always welcome RAM, <laughs> in my book.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, you're. Uh, I know we we've talked a little bit about you wanting to even get like an upgraded version of an Intel Mac Pro. So ha- having like the Jade Four C die. Uh, I'm not interested version. in that anymore.
0: The the yeah. M1 Max has has. Oh, have me. you? Okay, <laughs> okay.
1: <laughs> that's fair. No, that's totally fair. I. Yeah, I mean that's true. The performance difference is huge and uh, having used these for what i don't know two months or something now uh, mm-hmm. it's pretty sweet so all right well good to know you're off the intel bandwagon i um i am i like, just bought a new one <laughs> no i'm just kidding I, oh i i'm sadly like on the train of of hoping that at least intel max are supported for a little more because i have mm. my my dear Hackintosh that's still running, and I want it to be supported for at least maybe one or two more uh, <laughs> versions of, of macOS. So mm-hmm. that's that's maybe a hope as well for 22, 2022.
0: Yeah, for those that don't know, like a Hackintosh relies on Apple supporting Intel. Um, right. If Apple does not support Intel in its operating system, and it's just uh, ARM instructions, then there's no hope for building a Hackintosh uh, at that point because not only does the board need to be made by apple which is what apple basically checks for when they when they run the operating system other than that it's like hey once the board is good and if the cpu and the gpu are supported then no complaints there and it will just run um but not only will the board need to be supported the cpu will need to be supported and good luck emulating that support uh in any like reasonable way you can always build an emulator don't get me wrong yeah Uh, but at or, you know,
1: you just need an ARM chip, which no one has a good ARM chip other than Apple, really. So yeah, that's, not even that's close. also out of the question. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, it, you know, hackintoshing, I think, is on its last legs. And to be honest, um, it, Quinn from Snazzy Labs put out a, a video a couple days ago from when we're recording this, which is like he made his last hackintosh because. I think we're all at the point where we're like, yep, Apple Silicon is the future. It works great. There's no reason to build a Hackintosh because you can get amazing performance with Apple hardware now. Better performance. Oh yeah, absolutely. Of course. Mm -hmm. Um, And I mean, you're, you're paying the Apple tax, but it's well worth it in this sense where it's custom Silicon. It's actually running great. It's not just like an Intel chip thrown into a MacBook chassis so there are way, way, way less benefits of, of building a Hackintosh. And if you're thinking about it, I'd probably discourage you because it's, it's a lot of time and effort every time you want to update Mac OS. So uh, honestly, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's definitely a good thing, but um, mm-hmm. there's like a, a place in my heart always for Hackintoshing because it allowed me to have, you know, a really good Mac for a lot less uh, money when, I had a job that was not you know i I couldn't afford my own macbook pro so
0: Mm -hmm. so i'll I'll save my um uh, 2022 resolutions for uh the end because i have a few um but another thing that i'm super looking forward to in 2022 uh is uh going to be blender gpu support on the mac yes Um, because if you've been following along with it, uh, which I have been like judiciously, like anytime there's a new commit, I'm like, Ooh, reading that. Um, there is a lot of, uh, cool things that are coming to Blender in terms of, um, the backend render, which is a ray tracer. Uh, and that backend render has not supported max for the past, uh, several years. Um, so, uh, being able to like use Blender on the Mac and have something that renders in a r- realistic amount of time and not hours uh, is going to be super welcome. Uh, and I am definitely looking forward to that. Nice.
1: Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, I think we've talked about it a little bit. I am want to get into 3D modeling. I don't know if, if Blender is the right way to go. I mean, it's free and that's awesome, but I would do 3D modeling mostly for like 3D printing things. So I don't know if mm-hmm. like, blender's super suited to that or you know you'd have to get something like fusion 360 but that's that's pricey 3d 3d software other than
0: blender is very very expensive especially when blender is free i mean yeah (laughs) yep i agree it's rare that free software is so well maintained and loved by community i mean like you don't have to use sketch for instance to make uis you can use gimp uh, right. But GIMP is not necessarily the hallmark of, like, a good experience. Whereas uh, Blender, like over recent years, has been getting a lot of uh, UI overhauls and uh, simplifications and modernizations that um, are really standing out. Um, and professionals so, use Blender. Yeah. I mean, it's mm-hmm. it's
1: literally a professional-level product.
0: Exactly. Really and product that's because people free. are paying for it. People are paying for the development to continue, yeah. um, whether that's through large sponsorships or not. So I think it's it's great that um, Blender is where it is, and it's even better that uh, we can start using Macs for it um, because up until now, like it would run on a Mac, but good luck uh, using it in that in that environment. Yeah, for sure.
1: Um, so one thing that is kind of Potentially going to come out in twenty two. Uh, I guess this is an expectation and hope episode. Is the the very long rumored uh, Apple you know goggles glasses for for AR, um, which uh, I think is kind of interesting. Uh, ever since like AR Kit came out, it's been like a thing. But coasting. also, I yeah, it's been very much coasting. It's been just like it's there, but. Other than, like, the games that you see in the keynote presentations every year, uh, I haven't really seen much with AR since, like, 2018, 2019 or so. So mm-hmm. uh, that'll be interesting. I, I'm sure you know a little bit more about it than I do, kind of what's going on in the runnings right now.
0: All I've heard is that it the first generation device will be way better than the second generation device in terms of, like, Builds quality and stuff, as they usually are. Um, and it will have an M1 in it. Um, okay. Which sounds really neat when you consider that most other VR goggles in the space don't necessarily have super powered chips that run them. Yeah. So. Uh, that's all I know. I don't think it's going to be glasses. Uh, to be clear. I think it's most oh. definitely going to be Kind of like a VR like headset, however, will probably have pass through cameras so you can have you can enjoy an AR experience through them. But I don't think they're gonna have anything ready where you have transparent lenses that you sure. can go ahead and like project stuff off. Because I don't know, if, have you ever used the Microsoft? I forget what they're no, called, HoloLens. Uh, no, I haven't um so that works in like a super dim room and the field of view is like this is a little square in, in the middle of your view so anything that's cut off by it is like super natural um sure and like believe me when i say i'm used to stuff being cut off like i have glasses this part is blurry this part is right, blurry. yeah like there's there's a certain amount of like uh cut off that your brain just can ignore and that was not at anywhere near that um that cutoff. uh so i think i don't think they're gonna have the the glasses unless they really did pull like an apple watch moment where they do have the technology like way before anyone else mm-hmm. uh can really figure it out and and get that working so we'll yeah see. i
1: i think that makes a lot more sense to me as of like an ar headset AR VR style headset. Um, just because like, yeah, glasses seem like still so futuristic to me. Uh, I don't know. I mean, when did Google glass come out in like 2012 or something? And that was like this tiny little thing in the, you know, in the corner of your eye, Hololens is super cool. But again, like, like you said, super limited. So unless they just have, they've had this thing coming for, six years or something it would be crazy for them to kind of jump all the way to glasses but like a headset definitely i can see that uh coming and i think there are other headsets i maybe the vive uh or the whatever steams is i don't know that have it's you hard know, to keep up with them <laughs> i know but they have you know the camera so you can walk around with it and it passes through vision and and so that seems definitely possible. Um, again, I just—I think my biggest thing, and maybe I'm just not very interested in, in the technology to begin with, in general. I don't know. Is I don't understand a lot of the point of it. I guess mm-hmm. I had a um, an Oculus Rift, like the first version of them, but one thing was. I would get motion sick because it wasn't a very fast refresh rate and two, I couldn't wear my glasses with it. So I couldn't see very well unless Mm -hmm. I put in contacts and I don't like contacts. So I, I, I I think I've just been a little bit turned off of kind of AR VR headsets. So, uh, I just haven't looked into it much. So,
0: yeah, there's a lot that you have to get like perfectly right. Um, like high refresh and faster than 120 by high refresh. Uh, you need to have high pixel density, otherwise, everything's a blurry mess. Um, yeah. You need to have all sorts of things because our eyes can see a lot of detail when <laughs> it's really close to our face. Um, but not everyone's eyes. Like Spencer and I need glasses, and wearing glasses under goggles sucks. Um, I can sucks. tell you that much. If you've ever done like skiing or snowboarding and you need to put <laughs> the goggles on, it's like your temples here hurt by the end of the day because it's like squeezing. Um, yeah. And not to mention, you take your goggles off, your glasses go flying into the snow, and for good luck finding them at that point. <laughs> um, sp- very specific memories have happened more than once. <laughs> um, but the whole concept of like AR, uh, I think, can be super cool if um, it can be if it can be pulled off appropriately. Like for instance, like I would say, 15 years ago, I don't know when these came out. Um, I I don't even know who makes them. Uh, and they don't seem to be made anymore. Uh, but I bought uh, some ski goggles for a stupid amount of money uh, back then that have a little uh, like prism right underneath the eye, like right here. So if you look down, you can see it. It's not in your field of view per mm. se of the goggle, but if you look down you can actually see it and it's projected like a few feet ahead of you. Um, so it's not like something that your eyes need to change their focus on. And it's a little tiny screen. Um, and it will show you like how fast you're going, uh, stats on your jump, kind of like the slopes app, but like way before the iPhone, like right when the iPhone became a thing, not like when it was able to measure any of this useful stuff, it has GPS in it. So it can like track all that and it will like plot internally the route that you took. So then you can plug it into a computer and you can see it like, no, that stuff works anymore because like technology moves on um but it still works to tell the time and to show you the speed and to show you like your jumps and stuff like that like that also works because it's like a self-contained device um and yeah i've had that on like my ski goggles for like 15 years and it's been awesome uh so i can definitely see the use of like ar from that point of view but that's when you have, like, the rest of the world joining you in the experience. Yeah. It's not when it's like, oh, you are cut off from the world and then adding the world back in, um, yes. in a way. Um, so, the first version may be the toy in that regard. Just like mm-hmm. the Apple Watch was kind of a toy, like the first ones. And it took a few years for it to get good, right? Um, so, I don't know.
1: Yeah. Interesting to think about. I mean, I remember when Google
0: Glass came out
1: or, you know, it was announced it was never really released, but like the concept of, you know, you had these, I guess what you would call nowadays, like influencers wearing them. And it would say what the weather was. And like, it would be super cool if it was basically an Apple watch just on your face. And it said, Hey, you, you just got a text or whatever, and you can, Hey Siri and whatever. And that, like, that would be super cool. I just, personally can't see it coming out in like you say in this first version maybe it's more of a toy Mm -hmm. uh, to get to the point where like i could get apple prescription sunglasses or sunglasses prescription glasses that you can't really tell but it's got a screen in it or it's projecting somehow onto the lens and i'm able to interact with it that would be super cool but
0: uh yeah i don't know i mean to anyone that does not like wear prescription glasses all the time let me, like, let you in on a dirty secret. Unless you buy your glasses super cheap from, like, a no-name nothing, if you try to get a named anything, like, these pair of glasses, $400. Yeah. I don't pay $400 for them, but th- that's what you have to pay for them if you want to buy it from, like, lens crafters or whatever because it's all sure. owned by, like, one mega corporation. That's going to be very sad when Apple also comes out with $400 <laughs> glasses that yeah. can, like, project... Sh- stuff in front of you and you can interact with because it's gonna it's gonna be a joke comparatively it's not like this costs 400 dollars to make no the lens costs maybe 10 dollars to actually fabricate custom um that's, it's just a monopoly that's about it yeah it's it's a totally like broken system uh that we have at least in the u.s i don't know about the rest of the world's asterisk to asterisk um uh, but yeah glasses are already stupidly expensive uh apple can come out with something that's the same price and completely i will not blink be an okay eye. Yeah. yeah it's uh, if i have to pay double this to get fancy super glasses where it can like oh, see yeah. things and like be all 3d like when 3d came out in theaters and you're like i can reach for the fish as it floats by me um like that trick that every 3d movie would have is that at one point yeah, something's gonna fly out of that. the screen um and hopefully they limit it to once per movie uh, but you never know it might it might happen over and over again, so every time I go see a three movie now, i uh relive my childhood by reaching out and making a joke of uh the situation that we're still stuck <laughs> in <laughs> that's, 2020, that's in twenty twenty and twenty twenty nineteen because i haven't seen movies since um then uh but yeah, like I think that would be a no brainer once it does once the technology does uh mm-hmm. come out I think there was a lot of freaking out when google glass came out because it had like a camera on it and it's like people's privacy and stuff however like this is a super good camera and like it goes with us everywhere in bathrooms and non-bathrooms and uh private spaces and it's just become normal like google glass was unfortunately too early and if they had waited a few years maybe no one would have said anything Uh, because the little tiny dinky camera on that thing would have not even been as good and like uh, no one could reasonably make the argument that oh they're taking a picture when i don't know it's like yeah i can take a picture when you don't know too into the the jacket pocket you know (laughs) like it's no longer it's it's no longer a concern that we can reasonably fight um i would say like in countries like japan for instance they have a funny law that says that any digital camera has to make a noise because there are unfortunately Uh creeps on trains that when the train is packed they would kind of slip their phone under at arm's length and take pictures up skirts which is not a thing that any reasonable person should ever do um so therefore like uh camera software in japan has to make a loud audible shutter noise Uh uh anytime like um, a picture is taken and on non-iphone's you can customize this to be whatever weird sound you want so you can have someone like yelling like in no theater kind of thing whoa um to get the picture taken um but uh iphones just have the the normal shutter sound and i found it super striking because i didn't even remember what the shutter sound sounded like right um and you can disable this by changing the region on your phone, even if you buy in Japan. Um, anyways, <laughs> um, like, I think that as a society, we've gone used to the fact that we are being surveilled at every moment of time, and that's just part of life now. You don't need to be paranoid about putting black tape on your computer because someone else's computer is, like, capturing you anyways. Right. If that makes any right. sense
1: yeah totally uh, to kind of play devil's advocate a little bit here did you see the um the ray-ban facebook video sunglasses that came out a couple months ago
0: yes but i haven't heard anything about them have anyone like commented on the privacy i, stuff? I think I there mean, was this is a, a worse company than google like now totally to and maybe
1: that's why there was like i i do remember there being like a little bit of backlash, like. Uh, Facebook is like the, the company that you would least like to have, you know, access to video or kind of run video through however it works. So I, I, I don't know. I agree with you. I'm, I definitely am on the side of like, yeah, I mean, you've got zoomers that are like making stories on TikTok and whatever, 24 seven, like everything is being documented nowadays. Um, I don't know. I think there will be a little bit of that debate still, but mm-hmm. I I don't personally see that there is much of an issue. Like you say, you've got a phone and it's can take videos of, of anything you want anytime and no one asks for permission for that. So, realistically, there's not really much of
0: a difference. Mhm. I mean, maybe it's just waiting for a company like Apple to make it ubiquitous. Like mm-hmm. the Apple Watch yeah. is like the first device that I noticed completely normal people have Because it's just, like, on the wrist. And Mm -hmm. it's just, like, out there for people to notice. And they are everywhere. Um, And, like, those don't have a camera, so maybe no one's brought anything up there. Uh, But I'm sure once Apple comes out with AR glasses that actually look like glasses, um, that that may become a thing where people uh, can become like, reprehensive. Or maybe their glasses don't even have a camera. Maybe they just have a LiDAR sensor so they can sense everything that's, that's in front of them, um, but they can't take a picture unless you bring up your phone and they can, like, beam over that image over to the glasses. Like, there's all yeah. sorts of ways that they can get around this without, like, ever stepping on that privacy landmine right yeah
1: i agree i agree and honestly i don't even think i would care too much to have a camera in my glasses like i would rather take a picture with my phone because i'm sure the the sensor mm-hmm. and the lenses are going to be
0: yeah i'm just wondering if it needs it to like get the telemetry of like oh, where sure. it is and that's stuff fair like that.
1: or you could have like those um i don't know what they call them i i guess really you would realistically use something like a later a lighter as opposed to like a depth sensing you know, two megapixel camera or whatever that some phones use. So Mm -hmm. that, yeah, I think that would be a good way to not skirt it, but just completely avoid it outright. And then Mm -hmm. it's like, all I really care for, like on my Apple watch, the best part of it is just that I get notifications and I don't have to pull out my phone. So even if it just did that, show me the weather, like as a V1, I'd be stoked. I think Mm -hmm. that'd be awesome.
0: So. Okay. So. Uh, I don't think I have any more expectations. You?
1: Nope. Let's let's hear your predictions now.
0: Okay. So, uh, not in terms of predictions, but uh, resolutions. So, oh, sorry, resolutions. My bad. So you had one, and that was to get into Swift async await. Yep. Do you have any others? Um, I no, I don't. I'm really bad at New Year's resolutions. <laughs> a a wise person. Once said, uh, "Just stay away from the re- resolutions <laughs> because you're not going to attain them anyways." It's kind of how I feel about them. Um, so in terms of my resolutions, I have a few uh, that I'm kind of looking forward to. The first one is I want to actually learn how to use like something like Blender uh, to get into 3D art because I'm just really interested in it. Um, and have always wanted to play around with something like that, but have always felt super intimidated by it. Yeah, like totally. I've used Cinema 4D back when I was like 8, um, like on wow. ancient, ancient Mac OS 9, kind of systems. <laughs> so Mac OS 8 probably, or 7. Uh, actually, I don't think it came out on the 7s, but it definitely ran on the 9s and maybe early uh, Mac OSs. Um, so I've, I've, I've used that before. I've used Maya, uh like on single occasions and the sure. most i've ever done is like managed to make a donut because that was like a built-in shape um <laughs> and the ultimate irony of that is that um like the number one tutorial on youtube to learn how to use blender is how to make a donut, donut. Yeah. um but how to make a much better looking donut than anything i could have kind of figured out on my own by clicking um, because these these pieces of software are like super complicated. Um, so really want to get into that. Um, that's like my first New Year's resolution. My second New Year's resolution is I really want to learn how metal works. So that way I can oh, potentially cool. use the models I make in Blender and bring them into metal to do fun stuff. Um, nice. So those are my like prime two uh, resolutions that I want to kind of explore. Um and yeah, I don't know if it will happen this year, if it will happen next year. Um I'm going to take a very hands-off approach on like making it happen. Um so that way I don't stress about it because I've I've gone all in on like new year's resolutions in the past where uh like I'm going to draw every day and then I spent 3 hours drawing every day because it takes a long time to draw, it turns out. Yeah. Um and I got really good really fast. Like I realized I could draw with a pencil when I didn't know I could draw with a pencil, like that feeling of like, you don't necessarily realize that you can draw something until you kind of put your hand to practice and see what it's capable of. Uh, Um, but when I spent three hours for four weeks, um, I was able to pretty accurately draw what I saw, um, and take perspective into account and shading and all that. Uh, so like, I got burned out super quickly from that, as you can imagine. Um, but uh, if I don't kind of take a super, like, hardcore approach, I feel like I can not burn myself out and have more fun with it. So um, as soon as Blender kind of stabilizes, so there are, like, um, alphas at the moment of it working on, uh, on uh, M1 Max, then I will probably go ahead and download it and start that uh donut blender tutorial uh that i'll link to um so i'll I'll start that tutorial and give it a go and see how well it goes and then hopefully i can then take that knowledge uh and kind of dive into metal a little bit more and use that to make 3d stuff show up on screen and maybe i can combine that with ar kit and reality kit and Uh, then I'm ready for the AR goggles and I'll be able to purchase those immediately (laughs) with no remorse. (laughs) (laughs) It's a Um,
1: development tool, right? Exactly.
0: Yep. So I just need to motivate every, every part of my life around those kinds of motivations. (laughs) And I feel a okay with whatever I spend money on, um, (laughs) a way way of motivating, uh, self. Uh, Hey,
1: you know, another resolution along with that would be when they come out with the M1 Mac pro, then that's, I, yeah i, I hey, 3d, 3D modeling mm, yeah it turns out the m1
0: max is like it's good but it's not that good you need
1: like 128 <laughs> gpu cores that's really like the minimum i think for blender mm-hmm. on the mac that's what i've heard at least
0: so yeah i might need a render farm of several of them um <laughs> no i don't think i'll get anywhere near that point uh until i'm a multi-millionaire which i'm never going to be so <laughs> that is that is safely off the table So, as always, I want to personally thank everyone for listening in this week. Uh, Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Code Completion to know when new episodes get released. And feel free to tweet at us if there's ever a topic you'd like for us to dig into. Uh, This is the last of our holiday uh, episodes that we'll be recording. So, we'll be back on the regular cadence after this. So, you'll be able to say goodbye to my horrendous Christmas (laughs) shirt by then. Um, And uh once again i want to give my thanks to spencer who's at spencer c curtis that's s-p-e-n-c-r-c-c-u-r-t-i-s on twitter for joining me this week my name once again is dimitri you can find me at dimitri Buñol. that's D I M I T R I B O U N I O L. and we'll see you all next week bye